Welcome to Emerge Dynamics. Emerge Dynamics. The podcast for those who manage and invest in middle market private companies across the globe. globe. We're telling the stories of the unsung champions who take enormous risks every day to weave the fabric of our societies. Those who collectively, from the multi-trillion dollar largest market on the planet, we're diving into the dynamics of what makes some of them emerge from their peers and create incredible returns and impact on their communities. This is Emerge Dynamics. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Emerge Dynamics podcast. I am David Cusimano here with Eric Wingerter. Hey, David. Eric, we are here we back. go. 2024 is, uh, nope. is happening. Yes, it is, whether we like it or not. Uh, it is unfurling. Eric, I think our topic for today is quite appropriate for what we're seeing in 2024 so far. Yes, yes. A lot of stuff going on. Throwing yes. curveballs. Uh, curve high and inside fastballs. <laughs> <laughs> and well, what we're going to talk about today, folks, is how prepared do you need to be to run a business? Or maybe let's say it this way. Lots of people are not that prepared and run businesses and they get away with it for some time, sometimes for a decade or so. But how prepared do you need to be to smartly run a business? That's what we'll be talking about yeah. today. Whether, um, whether you are a Boy Scout or a Girl Scout or not. It's that's right. Regardless of that. You may have learned this in Scouts, but we're going to unpack it a little bit more. So this is not really a technical topic, but it's a super important one. We're yeah. going to unpack it maybe a little, little bit more than what you learned in Scouts today. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I was thinking, David, before we started this, uh, being here down in the south and on the Gulf Coast of the United States, I go back to 2005 and that nasty Hurricane Katrina that threw everybody for a loop. And I mean, we, we're we're accustomed to having storms on a regular basis here in the Gulf Coast, but that one was pretty much a mother of storms. And that created some necessities flowing out of that, that people realized that in a lot of cases, they weren't as well prepared, particularly from a disaster recovery standpoint. But that's just one kind of incident, so to speak, or one type of way to be prepared that flowed out of a very challenging time for the folks here along the Gulf Coast. But I think we're going to be talking about it from that perspective, right? Other things that you can be prepared for, whether they're outside of your control or they're more a little bit more within your control. Absolutely. So I guess when we think about how prepared should we be, Eric, we hope that Hurricane Katrina was a once in a hundred year event, hopefully more than 100 year event. Yeah, they said right? 500, so, but I don't know. <laughs> right. So when we're thinking about the risks we need to protect ourselves against, I guess you can be what I've heard some business owners tell me before, insurance poor, right? You can buy so much insurance mm -hmm. uh, just in an effort to get rid of all risks at all that your, your risk is absolutely minimized, but you're not making any profit or maybe you're even losing money <laughs> because everything's just going to the insurance company, right? So I think right. we need to talk about what's the right amount of risk to take and where do I need to be here? And some of this, I think, is insurable risk. Maybe some of it isn't. I guess technically you can insure almost anything if you wanted. Yeah. You could figure out a way to do yeah. it. Yeah, but I think there's a lot, David, there's a lot of risk in the business that are, they're just not insurable. I mean, they just fall outside of the 
standard insurance programs that are out there. Certainly property and casualty, that type of risk is well established and out there and certain protections for errors and omissions and some of that from a liability standpoint. But there are a lot of other risks in a business, people risk, concentration of customer risk, cash banking risk in environments today, particularly in the banking environment. So I think there's a number of those that are out there that I think we need to try to cover as many as those as we can, not unpack all of them, but whether they be an insured type of risk or whether they be a non-insured type of risk. So let's think about some of the things going on today. We have one thing, which is a recession, right? I don't know that you can buy insurance against a recession or against customers don't like your product anymore. But that, and folks, if you want our thoughts on that, listen to the last episode. We talked about that a good bit about there's some question marks out there is what 2024 is going to bring. In addition to that, we just had a particularly bad winter storm hit a large part of the United States last week. I think Eric, kind of what spurred this topic for us today is We were talking with business owners who would say, oh, January was a rough month and it was was because of the winter storm. And I have to scratch my head a little bit and think, yes, January probably was a rough month because of winter storm. But I think most Januaries bring winter storms. (laughs) <laughs> um, right. And yeah. so we have to be ready for things like that. Right. And I think the topic or the framework I want to lay on the table for our, our discussion here, Eric, is it came from a book that I'm going through with a group right now called Q Source. It's a leadership book written for the people in a workout group that I'm part of called F3. And there's a section in there on preparedness. And it's only a few pages, but it's really powerful. I thought it wasn't good. I was looking forward to skipping the section and getting to better topics. And then I started reading it and I said, oh, wow, this is a lot of applicability to business. And here's what it talks about. is like, we need to be prepared for the expected, right? And we also need to be prepared for the unexpected. And mm. uh, listening to another podcast kind of on that same topic, people were comparing it to like a football game, right? When you get into, when you go to play football, you know, you know what to expect, right? You know how many players are going to come out on the defense against you. You know how much time you have. You know what things the ref is going to call a foul or not, or at least should call a foul or not, right? So you've got parameters that you're working in, right? And even within that parameter, that's our everyday business. That's really hard. So we can prepare for the expected. If you're training for a very big physical challenge, right, you can prepare for the expected. And the challenge comes in, though, is that life is not a football game, (laughs) right? Business is not a football game in that there is so much that is unexpected. Imagine if you're playing football and you come out on the field and the defense just brings five extra guys on the field and the ref doesn't call it, right? And then one of the players just, I don't know, just just starts clobbering receivers before they touch the ball and the ref doesn't call anything, right? And suddenly you're, you're in a completely different game and that's the unexpected. And so I think in business, yeah. this is such a critical thing that we need to really think about. And Eric, I'll say, I'll give one more example and then I'd love to get your thoughts is, you know, I've heard it elsewhere, a business owner blaming an issue in their business on a recession or the weather or a new government law. While all these things are things we might not like and wish they didn't exist, for a business owner to blame the problems in their business on that, 
is a little bit like a ship's captain not making it across the ocean and blaming it on a storm that came, right? Like you should know as a captain of a ship that storms could pop up, right? And you need to be looking at the weather, right? In aviation, I've been involved in aviation for a while, right? I can't crash the plane and say, oh, it was the weather's fault, right? It's up to me to plan, to expect the unexpected, to think about, okay, what if this happens? What will I do? What if this happens? What will I do, right? To constantly be proactively planning and managing these risks as we go Mm -hmm. on, right? So if my plane crashes because of weather or the ship sinks because of weather, it's, I mean, short of some, like, I don't know, asteroid hitting the earth that caused the biggest tidal wave ever, ever, (laughs) right? This is not the weather's fault. It's my fault. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, then they're still in those circumstances. I'm not a pilot, David, so I I can't speak for myself, but there are things like wind shear and some other things that maybe not have had the warning systems in the past. And, you know, now they do a lot more. But, you know, those were things that were kind of the unexpected that could happen that were very, very difficult to plan for, let's say, other than preparing for, hey, if this ever happens, this is what you have to do. And outside of that, there wasn't a whole lot to do. But some of the other planning, like you said, in taking a flight was, all right, look, you you generally know what the forecast is. You know what the weather's looking like. If it's not weather that is the best to fly in, you might make decisions to not fly or to fly a different route than you typically would fly uh, in order to avoid those things. But and I think that's always the biggest challenge is really parsing this out between, all right, what are the things that I can realistically plan for and try to mitigate the risk of? And then what are the things that just are so far out of my control? I mean, we can't get to the point of saying, oh my gosh, I have to control every single risk in my business because, in that matter, for life, because it's just, you can't possibly prepare unless you can read the future and and what have you, which most of us, I don't believe, can do that. And So it's finding, I'm always one that says, it's always finding balance in this. And, you know, the one extreme is, you're the happy-go-lucky business guy or gal, and you just kind of just go with the flow. And some people have survived that way, and others just get crushed because they didn't prepare enough. And then there's the other side of the so risk-averse that you wind up not doing anything, and that's not a way to go. So it's just finding the right balance. So maybe we could talk a little bit about that, David. What's really the right balance here in this? Well, Eric, you know, I think there's another factor in there that helps us moderate the balance. We talked about insurance. Obviously, getting insurance can help us be okay with some risks. The other is really cash and and planning, right? And this is really something that I know a lot of business owners of private companies struggle with. Eric, I can think of one group that you and I worked with some time ago where this is actually an interesting story where the business owner had an enormous amount of cash on his balance sheet. And we actually advised him, said, you have too much cash on your balance sheet. And we started giving him advice on other things he might want to do with the cash. It was just parked in a, literally parked in a bank account. This is seven figures and crazy, especially for the size of business he had. Now, some years later, COVID happened. And now <laughs> he, none of us could have foreseen that. But it's kind of ironic that in the time of COVID, he was ironically quite well prepared, right? He had cash sitting on his balance sheet and could weather almost anything. 
But I think most business owners are not that guy. Most business owners that, that you and I have talked to or friends of, it's the opposite, right? It's, hey, we made yeah. some money. Let's go on vacation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We made go, some money. Let me go buy, that buy a new toy, yeah. <laughs> right? And it's instantly out the door. And what you have to realize is like, especially like you brought up the Gulf South. If you live in the Gulf South, a hurricane is coming. It might not be Katrina, yeah. but it's coming. It might not be this summer. It'll be next summer. Right? You need enough cash in your bank account that you can weather an off month when that hurricane comes. Right? A winter yeah. storm yeah. will come. They're more severe in the north than the south, but they will come. And you know we've had this looming recession for the last couple of years. right? So I think, too, Eric, this kind of speaks a little bit to, in the good times, stockpiling cash so that when the tough times come, and you know they will, you're better able to weather them. And that kind of, to me, is, is I think, a big takeaway and a lesson there that I think a lot of people yeah. need to hold on to. Yeah. No, no. I think, I mean, just to wrap that one up is, you know, I always, and I think you're on the same page as, as me, David, that we have a tendency to always recommend, because they always ask, well, how much is the right kind of cash balance, whatever. It's like, I like to say a three to six month of your regular ongoing operating expenses, that's something, that's a good target right there. So setting up a peg to a minimum cash balance that's associated with something like that. And some people say, I can't even come close to that. Well, it's at least start mm -hmm. somewhere yep. and then have that as a goal that, as you said, when, when the windfall comes in, instead of looking at, well, how do I go do something on a personal basis with that? First thing, you kind of put up some uh, some moats around my business, which is, you know, sustaining my livelihood and providing value to me and my family in the long run. Why don't I just build some some moats around that? And that would be one. Let's yep. let's just let's just put that money aside and prepare for the potential storm. And I think, you know, as part of that too, David, I, a lot of folks, there's been so many coming out of COVID and even before that, there's so many of these governmental handouts that have been just a part of the norm that says, oh, that, sorry, we're just going to take care of it for everybody. You know, the pain and everything else like that. The government's just going to write you a check and don't worry, you don't have to really prepare because the government will bail you out. Man, that is not a strategy. And certainly we know that there are going to be continued challenges with the government being able to try to fulfill that that role in the future and continue to do what it's done in the past. And so having your own set of cash is usually a good way for you to have your your own reserve, so to speak, and not rely on somebody else bailing you out in the event of an issue that rises. And let's just address quickly as a technical aspect here, folks, when we're saying cash, three to six months of operating expenses, cash, it could be literally a bank account with that many dollars sitting inside of it. That could be it. It's okay also if this sits in some type of other liquid investment that is very low risk. And you just want to make sure you have the ability to tap that quickly. Like don't go buy a house with it. Don't go buy some rapidly depreciating asset with it. It has to be something that will hold its value, low risk, and that you can tap quickly should something come. And you will sleep so much better at night. You'll probably make better business decisions because they'll be less frenetic. And Eric, I think you brought up a good point where you said, you know, a lot of people say, well, I can't do that. Just start putting something away now. You can get there. But if you really just think, I just absolutely cannot get to a place where I am, uh, where I can't save up that much cash. Like think about it. you're either living beyond your means or something's very wrong with your business model. 
you're not creating the value in society that you could be or should be, right? I mean, you're dancing on thin ice, whereas if any unexpected event should happen, an unexpected event will happen at some point (laughs) that you run out of cash in one to two months and you're just done, right? If that's really where you're living, this is a very stressful, high anxiety place to live. And it probably means you're not creating that much value. Yeah. And then yeah. you need to go listen to our did, earlier episodes quick. if that if that is the case. Yeah. Some <laughs> of the earlier episodes that we can yeah. harken back to those. But the one that was kind of just really jumping out in at me is outside of the cash situation, is just creating your business or looking at your business to make sure that you're not overly reliant on any one customer, vendor, or employee. And by that, I mean, I'm not saying don't be loyal to your employees or anything like that, but particularly in the market today, I just know so many of these companies are having trouble attracting and retaining quality personnel. And if you're not careful, if business isn't careful, it will have problems with one, getting those people in first place and or keeping them, or they get to the point of just, hey, it's been such a problem finding people. When I get them, I'm going to just hold on to them and I'm just going to overly rely on them to the point of it becomes a risk for you as a business owner. An internal risk. That's right. So there's both internal and external risk. So I was thinking about about that too is another area that we just need to, to keep in mind. And again, this is... In that case of of employees, it's not that you want to always be looking for the next replacement, so to speak, but you have to make sure that you're not getting overly reliant on any one individual, whether whether they have a a risk of, of leaving you for good reasons, bad reasons, whatever it may be. To compete um, with you. That can happen. Even if it's, my goodness, they just had an illness and got hit by a bus, whatever it may be. We need to be careful that we're not overly reliant internally on any of that. Good bring back, Eric, to the internal risks, right? So folks, we kind of kicked off with external risks, recession, winter storm, hurricane, right? Asteroids. I don't know. All external things, right? And then what Eric was bringing us to is internal risks, which is the nice thing about internal risks is you can, the external risks you can't control, but you can expect and prepare a little bit. Internal risk, you can do something about it, right? Yep. And it's even better. And actually, if folks, if you listen to the all the episodes of this podcast, that's what we've been talking about all along, right? Every time you hear us talk about company-specific risk, internal risk, right? We've talked about several of them before. Maybe it's a good time to revisit some of the upcoming episodes, but it's exactly that, right? As those are things we can actually, we can in a big way impact. So, all right. Well, with that, folks, we'll wrap here. We're going to keep watching this in 2024. Hopefully uh, we're stockpiling cash and for something that an unexpected event that does not happen in 2024, that'd be fantastic. All right. All right. Back to work. 